This episode is brought to you in part by Richmond Graduate University. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly. Richmond Graduate University can equip you to become a licensed professional counselor, integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. From Christianity Today, this is Viral Jesus, a show about communication and the power of social connections, where we talk to some of the most influential Christian content creators to find out how they've made their faith go viral. Everyone I talk to on this show is someone I follow or was told to follow online. Most of the conversations you'll hear are with people I have never met in person, yet they've impacted how I think. What does it look like for Christians to enter the chat thoughtfully? Let's grow together on Viral Jesus. I'm your host, Heather Thompson Day. I hope, friend, you are having a fantastic week. I wanted to let you know, so you know how an episode of Viral Jesus comes out every single Thursday. I also want you to know that on every Friday, I send out an email to your inbox where I just try to encourage you with with something that I learned that week or something from the podcast or just I hope something that God can use to speak directly to your situation that week. And you can subscribe to that email by going to heatherthompsonday.com, scroll to the bottom of my website, and it will ask you for your email and you just enter it and hit subscribe. And then you'll get an email from me this Friday with something encouraging, something encouraging. And I usually pray over that all week. And I wanted to make you aware of that. I also wanted to tell you one of the messages I kept getting throughout this series, lessons from my mentor was people asking for my advice on how to approach a mentor. How do I get a mentor? I love this. I need one. What do I do? Okay. Here's my advice to you. And this is again, like a communication thing. My humble advice is not to go up to people and ask them to be your mentor. And on average, I think that's what all of us want to do, right? <laughs> We're like, I love you. I, Lord knows I am so bad at playing it cool. <laughs> so I want to go up to somebody and say, I love you. I admire you. Will you mentor me for the rest of my life? Okay, but I know that that can be awkward and that can create a lot of pressure. It's kind of like asking someone to marry you and you've not even gone on one date. Will you marry me? That's a lot of pressure. So my advice is that if there's somebody that you admire in your church, I really think we should start in like a local context. If there is somebody in your real life that you can meet with, that you admire, ask them, can we have coffee for 30 minutes? Can I take you to lunch for one hour? I really wanna ask you these five questions. I really want to pick your brain on these five questions. Would that be okay? Would you have time for that? Be specific. Joe Saxton called it getting what you need. She said, get what you need. Man, I agree with her. I can tell you that if somebody says to me, Heather, will you mentor me? That can feel just like a lot of pressure. And then I start worrying about whether or not I have the time to do that effectively. I can't even count anymore. How many people have asked, will you just meet me on Zoom for 20 minutes? I have five questions for you. That is something that you know that you can commit to if you can commit to it. 
So I really think we should start first in our local context because remember, mentorship works best face-to-face. Who can I meet with that's in my actual community or in my actual organization or in my actual church? Who can I meet with face-to-face? 30 minutes. And then as that happens, maybe you say to them at the end of your coffee, you say, hey, would you have time to do this again in six weeks? Right? Like that doesn't feel overwhelming. Respect people's time. You'll be surprised really how many people would be open to doing that for you. And if they hesitate, and I say this as somebody who has had somebody tell me no before, and I still love them anyway, (laughs) right? People are busy. It's not always about you. Sometimes people are just really, truly so busy. That's okay. Allow ourselves to be okay. Especially, man, when I pray things through. I prayed it through and just a door closes. I can be okay with that. I can trust that. I I just ask God, stir their heart in affection toward me if this is a relationship that's going to bear fruit. And sometimes that might not be the perfect person to mentor you, but you don't know what you don't know, right? So we just knock on the door and then we walk through the ones that open. Okay, we are going to do something a little different for the show today. I'm actually very excited about it. It's a surprise. But first, it's time for Social Toolkit. This is where we discuss practical tips and best practices for entering the chat. Today, I have the author of The Wolf in Their Pockets, Chris Martin. His book gives 13 ways the social internet threatens the people you lead. Chris Martin is editor of BibleToLife.com and content marketing editor at Moody Publishers. He is the author of Terms of Service. He and his family live outside of Nashville, Tennessee. You can follow him on Twitter at ChrisMartin17. So Chris, tell us about The Wolf in Their Pockets. Great title. By the way, I absolutely love that. What do we need to know as we engage online? What are some best practices you can teach us? Yeah, sure, man. Everybody's online experience is so unique, and and you know everyone's experience on the internet is so diverse. It's hard to say what are some best practices. You know, when I go and speak at a church or something, you know, they'll say you got an hour to talk, and I'm like, all right, I just give me 15 minutes and I'll blab. And then we'll have like 45 minutes of Q and a, because when it comes to everyone's online experiences, they're so diverse and I'll get a question from a parent about something and then a question from a pastor about something else. Um, But I think when it comes to best practices for engaging on social media, I think the first thing is like, this is something I'm really passionate about. You know, a lot of people are like, Hey, watch this or don't watch this. Be careful what you listen to or watch. And I think that's all good. I think that's very important. Like we should be very careful about we let our eyes see and our ears hear. And these are all important things that I do think we overlook. But I think one of the most like underestimated effects of our lives online um, is sort of how our feeds change our tastes. I think mm. a lot of folks don't I think a lot of folks don't consider how social media is designed to live to deliver you more deeply into your desires rather than deliver you from them. And I think as Christians, wow. we recognize wait, that wait, in wait, our- wait, 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 wait. Unpack that statement. That was yeah. a mic drop moment, Chris. What do you mean? I'm a communication professor. I'm sorry. What do you mean yeah. when you say that? 
Yeah, social media is designed to keep our eyes for as long as possible and our ears and fingers and everything else. And so, you know, social media algorithms, I don't have to get into the particulars of, but they're just really complex mathematical equations that are designed to figure out what we like and what's going to keep our eyes and ears for as long as possible. We often don't think about that. We just want to be entertained right. and we want to laugh and or perhaps even get mad sometimes or we just want to feel something. And so these mm. platforms are designed to make us feel something good or bad. There's this misconception that social media platforms are designed to only make us feel good. And I don't actually think they're that uh, positive. I think they're designed to just make us feel something. And and mm-hmm. data regularly borne that out that um, Facebook, for instance, is as happy to make us feel upset as they are to make us feel good because making us feel upset makes us comment too. And so back to the, the comment, it's best for social media platforms if we engage more deeply in what we like and what we care about. Whereas as Christians, I think we probably recognize that in our sinfulness and our brokenness, um, even as we're being sanctified by the Holy Spirit, we probably shouldn't be delivered more deeply into our desires. A lot of times we should, probably should be delivered from our desires. Mm-hmm. But social media for that because social media and I'm not all against it trust me I use it I think I think it's funny TikTok is my favorite platform right now I'm somewhat ashamed to say but I so I don't think <laughs> but I think it, I think it's important that we realize that social media platforms don't care about us that we care a uh-huh. lot about but we really have a one-way sort of affection for these platforms they care about our attention and so a lot of times they'll do whatever it takes to keep our attention and it's not necessarily good for our souls so I think the thing that that I think a sort of practical tip, if you could whittle it down to something like that, is recognize that these platforms are designed, I hesitate to say to enslave you, but to keep you looking and to keep you listening and to keep you watching. These platforms are designed to keep you. And sometimes what that takes is maybe a little bit unhealthy. And so we just don't think about that. We think about what we like to watch and listen to and and read and whatever. That's all good. But I think sometimes we need to think more deeply about how are these things changing my desires and maybe changing what I care about for good or for ill, sometimes for ill, and and what should I do about that? And so I think, I guess the tip, sorry to restate it, is just be more intentional about how we engage. Don't scroll mm. passively. I mean, everybody, right now, my wife and I are rewatching Seinfeld, and sometimes I'll just find myself scrolling Twitter while watching Seinfeld, and it's just like, what am I doing? Like, what am I even looking for? What am I paying attention yeah. to? And it's just unintentional. It's passive. And so I always advocate away from a sort of passive embrace of social media and to more of an active, intentional engagement with it, where we think about what we're doing and, and limit ourselves likewise. Chris Martin is the author of The Wolf in Their Pockets. Chris, thank you for helping us better enter the chat responsibly. For today's episode, I wanted to unpack some of what we discussed in the pod class series, but I had this idea. I was in my social media class and in my social media class, we create content together for this podcast, for the show. So anything that you see on my Instagram or Twitter, I'm talking about on viral Jesus's Instagram or Twitter is created by college students. It's it's by my social media class. And I was telling them I'd love to do an episode where I get to talk to people that listen to the show and just ask them what they learned. Like at the end of a pod class, we just kind of recap what we learned and, and what our best tips that we took away were. 
And so I was telling my students that and they said, yes, you should do that. And then I was like, great, because I want some of you to do it with me because they listen to the show to prepare for class. So that's what we did. I got to sit down with two of my students from my social media class who have already been creating content based on our episodes. And I asked them, what did you learn? Like, how do you see mentorship differently? What are some experiences that you've had? Oh my goodness. I absolutely am so grateful that they did this with me. I sat down with Arleni Aquino and Xavier Thomas. Arleni is a global studies major and comm minor and Xavier is an aviation major. And they joined me today to unpack some of what they learned as we went through this series. I asked them what stood out to them. And because they are in the generation that you all know, I am personally really passionate about. I also asked them, how can we better serve you? How can my generation better serve you? And I'm actually really humbled and excited for you to hear how they answered that question. So joining me today is Arleni Aquino and Xavier Thomas. So I wanted to do something that I thought, it's always something I've wanted to do, which is invite my students to come on the podcast. And so on our recap today, I invited Xavier and Arleni to join me in this conversation. These are actually students from my social media class. They have been on the back end creating the social media posts throughout this entire podcast season. And I know it's meant something to both of you. Actually, let me let you speak for yourselves. Arleni, I'll go to you first. <laughs> what has this series meant to you? What was your favorite part? Yeah, so my favorite part was when Christine Kane said that the light that is on you should not be greater than the light that is in you. And I really like that because sometimes we get caught up in the fame, caught up in how people see what God has done for us and we're like showing it off and like we're trying to be all big Mm. and wow. But we need to remember that, you know, God is within us and we kind of sometimes forget that God made that purpose for us. He put us in that space. He gave us that light. And I don't know. It just really resonated with me. Did it at all just make you want to be more intentional about building in that quiet time of worship with God? What is, I know you're a busy college student, so there's no judgment attached to this. I just want to have like an open conversation what Arlene does like your worship life or your time with God look like right now? And if maybe it's less than you would like it to be, in what ways do you think you could make sure that the time that you spend with God allows for the light that is within you to be greater than the light? That's actually a really good question for what the space I'm in right now. The month of March, my friend and I, we decided we're going to be very disciplined this March and we're going to start working out and studying every day. And, you know, we're thinking of all these plans and I'm like, well, you know, we're like trying to be disciplined in all the aspects except our spiritual aspect. And that was something that I wanted to improve Mm -hmm. on. So currently right now, I bought a devotional book that's like a journal for every day. I have not done it every day. You know, the intention is there. It's the execution Uh that is there. (laughs) The heart is willing. The flesh is weak. Yes, it is very weak. And, you know, sometimes I just get in bed and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I didn't even spend five minutes with Jesus today. Well, you know, let me pray and I'll do it tomorrow. 
and tomorrow comes and the same thing happens. So right now I'm trying to be more disciplined in the aspect of at least setting up a routine to do a devotional every day with God at the very least, even if it's just five minutes, because right now I'm at zero. And, you know, I just want to say to both of you, I, I want to have this conversation because I did not really prioritize my life with God until I was, I, I remember the day I was 22 years old. I had just called off my wedding. I'm staring in, in this mirror in my apartment and I'm sobbing and I just realized I don't want to do this anymore. And by this, what I meant was trying to be in control of my own life. And so I, it was at 22 that I started saying, I'm going to try to read my Bible cover to cover every single year and make those decisions. And what I will say to you and to the person listening is, man, A, it's never too late to start, okay? It is never too late to start. But also, I wonder sometimes what experiences with God I could have had if I had prioritized him at 19 years old or 20 years old, right? Or 18 years old. Mm -hmm. Xavier, what was your favorite part of this series on mentorship? So for me, the favorite part was really just Jose Rojas enlightening and, and expounding on the fact yeah. that you need a mentor and how that mentor can help you. Because for me, it really brought me back to one of the persons who I considered a mentor. Uh, in 2014, 2015, thereabout, I began flight training and there was an instructor who I used to sit down and talk flying with. And one day he said to me that if I'm to die in a plane crash, let, don't let that stop you from doing so what you So he said love. to you, and just so you know, if I ever die flying a plane... Don't let yeah. that stop you. Yeah. And the reason he said that is because he realized that I was really mm -hmm. passionate about flying. Nothing was really going to stop me from flying. And it was somewhat him speaking over my life and also yeah. over his life, yeah. if that sounds weird. Because in 2016, wow. he died in a plane crash. And that is when my life really took a turn because I was going to university wow. studying computer science. And I was not really one that could see that as a job for myself. I could not see myself working in that field. But once he died in that plane crash, I was really like, uh, I'm going to focus on aviation and however God wants me to go and take me there. Let it be done. You know what I love even about you saying that, Xavier, is you've made this connection that I think it's honestly really hard for people to make, which is God bringing you into aviation. Okay. And here's why I'm saying this. I think in general, and either of you can comment on this, in general, as Christians, we tend to believe that if God is calling me to something, it's like only ministry. I have to be a pastor. I have to be leading Bible studies or doing some type of ministry actively in a church setting in order for it to be the call of God. And so I'm fascinated to hear from you that for you, aviation is part of that call. Can you speak to that a little bit more at all? Yeah, that's something that I really was thinking about because every time somebody says, God has a calling on my life, he wants me to go into ministry, this, that, and the mm. third. And I'm like, well, are you sure? <laughs> I right. mean, in the Bible, we read that God 
he didn't only use pastors. He gave some teachers. He yes. gave some prophets. He gave some, you know, all of those things. And so for me, I really sat and, and prayed about it because when the accident happened, it was close to finals time. This was like my third year of college. I was about to graduate in a year and a half. And it was like, well, do you really want me to go and fly a plane? Hmm. Seeing that somebody who I looked up to just died in a plane crash. Hmm. And that that leading by God really brought me to a place where he not only uses pastors, but he uses each and every single job that is out there. Yes. And that is a way in which I've realized that I can use flying because, I mean, there's mission flying. So why is yeah. that not a, you know, it, it's a ministry that God can use yeah. for his work. I just want to affirm that, especially for the person listening, because I, I mean, literally all things that we do, we are supposed to be doing to the glory of God. And I've always said, I feel like teaching is my ministry. Yeah. And I really, truly believe that God has been able to work through me as an educator in a way. I mean, I've sat with students and talked about things that I feel fairly confident they haven't told their pastors. And because sometimes that word has like a connotation that's negative mm -hmm. for people with it, mm -hmm. you know? And so like just the more that we see God just in the everyday life of other people, I think that that's really transformative and powerful ministry. So the episode with Christine Kane, we learned about being developed before being discovered. Arlene, you already said that that was one of your favorite episodes. What do you think it is about this generation? And I'm not going to, it's, I don't think it's just your generation, Gen Z. I think I am as culpable in this as well, as is Gen X and boomers, right? We love to, all of us love to be important. We all love to be on top. We all want to be successful. But what do you think is like the fascination today with needing to be important, needing to have a title in order to believe that your life matters? Is, do you think it's true what Christine said that all of us want to be discovered, but none of us want to be developed? Um, yes, I think it's true what she said that we all, because being developed sometimes hurts. It's painful. Yeah. Scary. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> we just want to skip straight to the good part. Just yeah. discover me. Hey, part. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I feel like we all want to be important because we see everybody around us and all of their successes and how they're being discovered, but we don't see the development period. Wow. So we see the results, but we don't see the works behind it. We don't see all the tears. We don't see like the pain, the frustration that that person or people must have experienced to get where they are now, the, to get to the place where we look up to them. We're like, mm -hmm. you know what? That's who I want to be. I want to yeah. be just like that. I see them living their best life. And you know what? Me too. But we don't yeah. see them when they were, you know, down bad and just struggling. So I think that's why we're so fixated on specifically being important and being someone and not the leading up parts. This episode is brought to you in part by World Relief, an organization that partners with the local church to serve the most vulnerable. Around the world, increased conflict, the lingering effects of COVID-19 and disasters caused by our changing climate have left millions of people in desperate situations. Many are fleeing their homes and are facing starvation, persecution, and more. 
These overwhelming challenges cause many of us to wonder, can I make a difference? The answer is simple. Yes, you can. When you join The Path, World Relief's monthly giving community, you partner with World Relief in bringing hope and transformation to the millions experiencing vulnerability around the world. And when you partner with your monthly gift by September 30th, your first year of monthly gifts will be matched dollar for dollar up to $25,000. Double the impact of your giving and visit worldrelief.org slash viraljesus today. For people that are listening right now, I and I know I have church leaders who listen to this or just leaders in um, education or law or medical field or pilots, Xavier, I know we have leaders Come listening on. to this. Come and on. so how can we do better for your generation? Genuinely, look me in my eyes. How can we serve you better about letting you know the behind the scenes, letting you know that before you saw them as that pilot or that teacher or that pastor or that leader, they were just like you, <laughs> right? Like they went through the exact same things. And, and rejection doesn't mean that you failed, right? It's actually part of the experience. How can we do better at telling you guys that stuff? So I would say just to like be mm. patient with, with us because... It happened to me as well. And this is coming from the same story about my mentor and him being in an accident. Um, like, I told my parents after that accident that I'm not going back to university unless I'm doing aviation. Wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. You looked mom and dad in the eye. <laughs> yeah, your yes. Caribbean parents. My Caribbean parents. <laughs> yes, and said I them, did. listen. I've made a choice for myself. How was that received? So here's the thing. They knew I loved aviation from a small boy. Like I was so fascinated with planes, with flying. And I always told them that I wanted to be a pilot. But to them, like just going to flight school wasn't really the ideal thing. They're like, well, you need a degree and you need something to fall back on after, you know, what? and I'm like, no, I just want to fly. And that is where it really, the patience of my parents really helped me because they had this struggle that I had as well in terms of trying to find a flight school. Are we going to be able to yeah. fund my flight training? And there were many obstacles that occurred. I mean, 2016, I lost my instructor in 2018, there was, and this was just before I started fly, flying again in 2018, I lost two other persons that I knew to wow. plane crashes. And then in 2020, the instructor that died in 2016, his student died in 2020 in a plane wow. crash as well. So there were, are many persons around me in the space wow. of six years. I have, that I have known that died from plane crashes, but it really did not stop my drive because it was God's calling on me that I need to 
be somebody out there to be able to mentor other maybe other students that want to become pilots and share with them my story to be able to help them to make better decisions about maybe how to become a pilot or how to choose a job. Because I say, if you don't love it, then it's not a job that you would want. Because you won't enjoy it at all. So it's just really being patient with with us and in our journey to being developed so that we can be discovered later on. What about you, Arlene? What do you think we can do better to serve your generation? Um, So I'm Hispanic, so I grew up around a Hispanic community, of course. And I feel like one of the things that our elders do to us a lot is judge us harshly. Your biggest Mm. critics are like the people that you grew up with, the people that you're supposed to look Mm. up to while you're growing up. And so that's something that, at least for me, has like really, I guess, deterred my development a lot because... You know, you're afraid to speak up. Hey, I think I want to do X, Y, Z. Or actually, I know you guys all have been telling me, you know, you should do this. You should study this when you go to college. But actually, I started doing it and I hate it so much. And I don't want to do it. I don't know what I want to do next. But I know that is not what I want to do. You know, it's already scary enough to admit that to yourself. But then to like admit it to your parents, mm-hmm. to your pastor, to whoever it is that's older than you, that you look up to, I guess. It's just scary because you're afraid you're going to be met with judgment and it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do next? Okay, so what's happening? Like all these questions that you don't have the answer to. Yeah. So I think just like how he said patience and just to bring the judgment down a little bit because it's hard mm-hmm. to, you know be where we are right now, like discovering who we are and what we want to do professionally, who we want to be. But the judgment does not help at all. Be patient with you guys. Be flexible and try to suspend our judgment and just kind of Mm -hmm. walk with you, perhaps, which I think is what mentorship is supposed to be. (laughs) Mentorship is supposed to be not necessarily somebody giving all the answers, but truly just journeying with each other. Or maybe helping you talk through it. Yeah. Yeah. And with the goal of your flourishing, I wanted to ask you guys this question just because, Arlene, where's your family from? Dominican Republic. Dominican Republic. And Xavier, where's your family from? Fully Jamaican. Jamaica. Okay, because Joe Saxton was on and she was talking about what I was really interested in. You guys made a viral video, actually, for our social media on, oh, this one wasn't viral, but you guys did do a video about this on the difference between Christianity she was talking about in England versus Christianity in the United States, which you guys were interested in because of your international backgrounds. I'm just curious, what differences do you guys see in Christianity in the United States versus Christianity, maybe in Dominican Republic or Jamaica? So I think the Christianity that I've experienced here in the U.S. is very similar to the one that I've experienced when I've gone to Dominican Republic, just because the church I grew up in, basically Dominican, basically like being in DR, with the exception of other Hispanic countries. So it's just, you know, very conservative, very traditional and once again, met with judgment. I remember being a little girl mm. walking in through those doors. The greeters are coming. They'll be like, they'll comment on my appearance. Adleni, fix this so you can look pretty. Adleni, you know, do this so you look better. Or like, fix yourself or something like that. And I think in DR, it's also the same, except I think they're more conservative for sure. 
Hmm. Yeah. That's what we saw in the video when you guys were interviewing people. Every person was saying that they felt like it was more conservative back home, which I think is interesting. What were you going to say, Zane? Yeah, it it was pretty much the same that I experienced as well, where it's way more traditional in Jamaica. Uh, In terms of like drums and like certain instruments, definitely Mm -hmm. not praise dances is a no. Um, (laughs) But really and truly, the, the sneaker ministry, that's that's one. You okay. could not go on the pulpit in sneakers. Um, <laughs> like you see in the United States. There's well, yeah. like pages dedicated to pastor yeah. sneakers. I've seen mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yep, yep. So it was it was really eye-opening when I got here. You wouldn't see that in Jamaica, you're we would, saying. We would not see it. If you if you <laughs> saw it, just know that that person that did it, they're done. <laughs> Finished. They are fired. Yes, they're fired. <laughs> They're out of there immediately. (laughs) Beth Moore in her episode, which I loved, the episode from last week, she talked about hearing the voice of God. And this is the video you guys made that went viral. You did a video for the Viral Jesus podcast on Instagram, I think, and TikTok. I think you've shared it both places where you ask people, what's the weirdest thing God has ever asked you to do? And what most struck you about people's responses to that? For me, it was the people turning down scholarships. I I know. I said, what? <laughs> yeah. God, so tell the what? listener. Tell the listener. What did they say? But they just said, God basically told them to turn down a scholarship for another school to come to Andrews. Yeah, to come to a Christian school for them. Yeah. Which was re- two people. Out of, and we just randomly went up to people on campus. And it just so happened that two of the people that we went up to said that God had told them to turn down a scholarship. And the one girl said she'd never been to this campus before, but she felt the Holy Spirit just tell her, this is where I want you to go, which I think is so interesting. Xavier, what what struck you? Have you ever heard the voice of God for yourself, Xavier? If so, what did that sound like? For me, what struck me the most, and a lot of persons gave me good feedback on on our video. And a lot of persons mentioned, it was the first lady for me and that was you, oh. where like two months before her wedding, like, no, that's God speaking to her. She crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, and and, and like, listen, yeah, listen, that happened. It was the Lord. I, I have no doubts. I have no doubt it was the Lord. And, and there was a second one where one of my friends, she was in the video as well. She said that God had her lead clubs yes. and ministries on campus where even in her own, she did not see herself spiritually yeah. ready for it. But she's now leading and she's doing well. And persons are even thanking her for her leadership because it has helped them grow spiritually as well. So that was one that stood out to me as well. But personally for me, I would think that God spoke to me through the fact that I told my parents that I'm not doing aviation until I find a school that's doing a degree in it, or I'm not going back to university until Mm. I'm doing aviation. And it's not only God speaking to me, but God was speaking, I would say, to my father as well, because he, we were not searching for this school that I'm attending, Andrews. But somehow it popped up 
in his advertisements while he was browsing. And you know that Google ads and, and browser ads, they're very targeted. Yeah. They take whatever you're searching for and then just push ads towards you. But he was not searching for it. But the day that I graduated from flight training was the same day he sent me a message. Hey, wow. here's a school. They have a degree program in aviation. They take your licenses with credit by exam. So you don't have to redo any of the training or any of the flying. Apply. So can I just say what I love about what you just said? And I want to really make sure the person listening caught it. Essentially, you said one of the ways God spoke to you was through your dad. And I just, I just want people to understand that because yes, sometimes God will speak directly to you, but I can think of so many times in my life where really good counsel was given to me through a mentor or through a peer mentor, through a friend, through a student, like God is constantly speaking to us. I think if we can just open our ears to pay attention to the wise counsel. And and sometimes you'll know, because like, as they say it, they won't even know that they're doing it, right? Like they just think that they're mm-hmm. just talking, but yeah. you'll go whoosh, like something in you is like, oh my goodness, that was for me. My spirit recognizes it. Arlene, have you ever felt like you've heard from God? And if so, what did that sound like? I don't think I've heard from God yet. Okay. I don't, yeah, I haven't had an experience where it's like, wow, this is God. But I mean, of course, you know, you know, God always works in my favor and like he helps me out. But not a specific one that I'm like, you know what, look at, well, that sounds so bad. Where I'm like, I feel like, yeah, but no, not like that. I don't think that sounds bad, Arlene. I think, <laughs> listen, I I talk to people all the time who say that. So I think it sounds honest. Yeah. And I would rather you be honest. And there's so many people I think that need to hear that. Okay, there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> and it doesn't mean that God doesn't care about me. It's okay if I haven't heard that yet, but I still think you will. Yeah, God has definitely worked in my life and in my family's. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think I've heard him speak to me and said and tell me, Eleni, do X, Y, Z. (laughs) Just trust me and do this. I haven't heard that yet. That Samuel moment hasn't hit you yet. It hasn't. Arlene. (laughs) Arlene. (laughs) The voice crying out in the wilderness. And I want to be very clear I want to be very clear in my life when I feel like I've heard from God, I've never heard an audible voice ever. And if I ever do, I don't know if I'd tell you anyway, but because people will say something, take the show from her. There's something wrong with her. Yeah, no, I have, but, but truly, truly, I've never heard an audible voice, but I, it's like more of deep impressions in my spirit that Mm -hmm. once I act on it, it'll be confirmed. Oh, that was God. And so then the more that I've acted on it, the more I've been able to recognize that deep impression that I get, you know, it happened to me the other day. Um, my mom was over and just the thought popped in my head. And then I had like a deep impression in my spirit that I couldn't ignore that said, ask your mom to go on a prayer walk, ask her to go on a prayer walk. And I was like, uh, like, you know, she was just dropping something off. I, I didn't necessarily want to go walk right then or even get super spiritual at that moment, but I just, I kept feeling it. And so we went. So Oftentimes I just want people to know for me anyway, that's more of what it's been like is like a deep impression that once I step into it, often I'm able to see, oh, that really mattered. That was important for that moment. Well, thank you guys so much for unpacking this series with me and talking about mentorship and 
all the different ways that did, was this series helpful to you? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely eye opening and enlightening. It was for yeah. me too. I feel like good. I learned so much. So thank you guys so much for joining me. So what can we learn from our conversation with Xavier and Arleni? Xavier said that one of the hardest things he ever did was tell his parents he had made a decision about his life on his own. Xavier is now about to graduate from Andrews University as a pilot. From that, I just want to remind you, this is your life. Like this right now, this is your life and you have to make decisions. Yes, you wanna take in other people's input. I absolutely believe in that. But at the end of the day, this is your life. Don't be afraid to take a deep breath and make decisions based on what you believe God is leading you to. Number two, when I asked Arleni what most struck her from this series, she said that it was Christine Kane telling her that the light that is on you should not be greater than the light that is in you. And Arleni said her and her friend were being intentional this month about their schoolwork and about being really physically healthy. And yet she was still struggling to even spend five minutes with God. And by the way, this is why I like talking to this generation because they're not tempted to put a a good face on or to say what sounds good for a podcast, a Christian podcast. I'm gonna be real with you. She said, I'm struggling to find five minutes. And I just want, I want that struggle to be said because it's not just Arleni. There are people right now listening that knew exactly what she was talking about. And I'm glad she was able to be honest about it. And I just wanna tell you and encourage you that right now it is never too late. It is never too late and it is never too early for you to start being intentional about your relationship with God. The way Christine Kane put it, the light that is on you should never be greater than the light that is in you. Number three, both Xavier and Arleni said, when I asked them how my generation and your generation can serve them better, they both said by being patient with them and reducing our judgment. Friend, if people feel more criticized by our response to them than seen or heard or safe, that's not mentorship. That's not mentorship, that's something else. Mentorship is a journey with people with the goal of their flourishing. So if you are a parent or a teacher or an aunt or just a friend or somebody who cares about this next generation, can we do this part better? Can we just do this better? Can we choose to be patient and to suspend our judgment and to try to just journey alongside them with the goal of watching them flourish.
Viral Jesus was brought to you by Christianity Today. I've been your host and creator, Heather Thompson Day, producer and audio engineer, Lauren Joseph, and executive producer, Ed Gilbreth. Please review and recommend us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Next week, I am joined by Darren and Jordan Starks, who are the hosts of the Just Different podcast. I wanted to ask them questions about podcasting because they are crushing it. And it's a question people keep asking me. They keep asking me, Heather, how do I do a podcast? How do I know if I'm supposed to start a podcast? Well, I sit down with Darren and Jordan who are doing this so well, their show, it just keeps growing. And I'm so excited for you to learn how they did it. I'll see you next week for another conversation where a viral Jesus guest talks and you and I listen so we can learn. This episode was brought to you in part by The Truce Podcast. The new season examines the connection between some evangelicals and the Republican Party with the help of world-class historians. Subscribe to Truce in your podcast app or listen at trucepodcast.com.